Today's episode is brought to you by DNA Sports Training. If you or someone you know wants to take their game to the next level, then hit up DNA Sports Training. Visit dnasportsdenver.com to book a training session. We offer specialized sports training from football to track and field and everything else in between. Whether you're an offensive or defensive lineman want to get better off the ball, or you're an athlete wanting to improve your speed and agility, we have something over for you at DNA. Visit dnasportsdenver.com now and sign up. Yeah, like that beat, don't you, David? I see you over Where'd there. Where'd you get that? Chef Premier. Yeah. Okay, that's, that's a nice. Chef, that's a Chef Premier. That's nice. Yeah, I've had this beat for a long time, man. You ain't rap on it yet. I've got some bars on it, but I haven't done nothing with it. Well, what are you and then it turned for? it. Well, I turned into the it turned into the intro, and so I think if we turn it into anything, maybe a little intro track might we have should, to. We should do a little jingle. Might have to. Yeah, I'm you down? down? I'm down. You down? Episode thirty nine, baby, and we're down. Let's yeah. get it going. Let's do what it. up, y'all? What up, y'all? DNA Sports Podcast up on here. Special guest with us today, man. We got our boy David. We got the Romeros. We got the Romero clan. I called it that earlier, but start from yeah. uh, forward to back. David. Hey, what's up, Elijah? <laughs> And Josiah, Twiddle D, Twiddle Dumb and Twiddle Dumber. No. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Depending on the day, it's, it's whoever's whatever, you know. No, yeah. man. Hey, we appreciate you guys uh, for sure coming out and, and hanging out with us for a little bit. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's a long time coming. We've been trying to, to get David out here and talk about some things. But he's here now, so let's, let's get it popping. Yeah, and before we get going, make sure you go back to dnasportsdenver.com. Check out the website and share, comment, like, subscribe, all on this, right? If you're out there, share it with your tell a friend to tell a friend to check out this episode. You don't want to miss it. We're going to talk everything college football, high school football, a little bit of Bitcoin, and everything else in this episode. So make sure you tell a friend to tell a friend. And, Don, we just lost your camera, so I just had to improvise a little bit, bro. So we'll, we'll be all right, though. Um, but yeah, man, we got a lot going on today. Um, obviously, uh, on the heels of, of spending time with Frank last last episode, and if you haven't had a chance to go see that, um, check that out over at the website, man. We got to sit down with Frank. We sat down for almost freaking what two hours on. Like we had a couple hours over here, man. It was wild. Nice. But, uh, it was fun. It was good to catch up with him. Uh, he made the suggestion that we need to get a a podcast together. The old coaching staff, like you, yeah, him. Uh, you know Hannah Q You know all, all the fellas So I yeah. think that would be pretty cool Definitely Definitely I'm down So what you up to Don? What's new bro? man You know me It's football 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 Now that we're getting going Season starting We had our workout today Things went great with those guys Numbers are starting to pick up a little bit um, We still are looking for a few more kids So if you're a third grader out there And you want to play football um, Make sure you shout us out Make sure you check us out WestminsterYouthFootball.com Man, uh, you know, football season, um, we, we're sitting with some ballers. Um, it's, it's you know, it's awesome to have these guys here, man. We uh, we got to coach Josiah for his pretty much his entire um, high school career. And then we got we got some of Elijah for a little bit. And uh, I had a dip on him. <laughs> he was too much to handle, man. He was uh, he was a rebel. No, uh, he's a good kid. But it's good to have you guys on, man. And, you know. Obviously, um, you know, we, we will speak on more with, about what you guys do and, and, and kind of what your path with football and all that good stuff and, and get all the juice, man. But uh, how's the offseason been going? 
Well, it's been going good, you know, just... Get a little bit closer on that. It's been going good just working and trying to get back into football shape right before I go back in August, so... Just trying to get my body right before I go back. And Josiah, let everybody know where you're. You're up at Culver Stockton College, right? Yeah, Culver Stockton College in Canton, Missouri. Can't, Miz, Miz, Missouri, as the, as the locals say it, misery is what you say once you've been there for a little while. How do you like that Midwest humidity, bro? It's hot for sure. <laughs> terrible. I hate that shit, dude. Oh, yeah, God. Do you have indoor and outdoor practice facilities there, though? Yeah, we have both, so... Our coach don't like using them. He yeah. likes us to suffer, so yeah. that sucks, but it is what it is. You got to earn that earn that indoor. The indoor days ride. of the summer, baby, you got to work. Dude, it's, um, it's funny because you go to some of these schools and they've got really nice facilities, and like you said, the coach is old school, and the coach is like, no, nah, we're not going out there, mm-hmm. or we're not going inside there. We're going outside, and we're going to sweat through this. I remember when I got out to Missouri Valley, it was like uh, – right around the same time where all them linemen were dropping dead from heat exhaustion and stuff. And so they were actually pretty cautious about, like, they'd weigh us before we go in the first practice. This is two-a-days. I don't know if y'all still do two-a-days, but this, they'd weigh us after the first practice, and then we go have lunch, and they'd be like, you better gain a pound or two or else you're not going to be able to practice. And hmm. you come back just loaded full of water, gut slushing around and shit. But that's so terrible. That's who's to blame for this current product <laughs> yeah. that is in front of us right now. All those extra pounds. Yep. <laughs> hey, you know I had to go there. Dom always got the fat jokes. Yeah, you looking know, like a big take, teal. It takes one to know one. <laughs> Geo uh, Geo Metro. Looking like a gun. <laughs> Geo Metro. <laughs> I used to know this homie in the hood that drove a Geo Metro on Dayton to look just like you. <laughs> hey, my mom owned a Geo Metro for that's a fact. You it never used, it wasn't turquoise though. You, you never used to be able to go to the store with her. Uh, <laughs> no, we had to sit back to back like this. <laughs> you stupid. Nah. And then Elijah, tell us a little bit about what you got going on, man. What do you you guys up in your off season right now, right? Yeah, we're just in the off season, just practices every day, and then just weekends off. But then that we're just going every day, just learn new playbooks and. All the old stuff that we should have learned before. Yeah. <laughs> Hitting them weights. Yeah. Dave, how's it how's it been so far, man? I know you're uh, you're still on staff over there at North and yep. you know, killing it. Um, killing it as a coach. It was always a joy coaching with you. Uh how's it been going? It's been good, man. Um I really like the coaching staff that they put together this year from uh or for North High School. They got a couple guys that played D one and uh just the new offense coordinator, he seems to really know what he's doing as far as play calling and situational down and distance, things like that. Um, we really shined this off season with at our seven and seven camps and tournaments. We went up to uh, CSU Pueblo and, and won all around camp team. And we won a short yardage or goal line situation um, day. So the competition stuff's there. Our, our senior class this year is pretty, pretty good. Um, the skills I want to say we have like five or six kids that might get offers this year in our skills position. Nice. Whether that's offense and defense. Um, so just hopefully, you know, we, we play like we're supposed to. I mean, you guys know some of these kids. Yeah. And uh, just excited to see where we're at. Um, just watching how these kids have evolved over this summer and come together as a group and a unit. It's, it's pretty exciting to see. We talked about that with Frank a little bit about your senior class this year. And, you know, it's one of those special ones that you, you get a bunch of kids that have played together for a long time, kind of gel together, and then all of a sudden they take on that mantle of leadership and kind of uh, it, it bleeds down to the, through the other levels of the team. And we were talking about – we talk about a lot, Brandon Bennett and that group of seniors, and we were just talking about them before we started recording. So it's always nice to have that group that can kind of get folks to buy in, get kids to – 
to want to want to get down with y'all and, and lead by example. Yeah, for sure. And and this group means a lot to me too, um, just because a lot of them I've coached second grade, third grade on. Um, and then of course we've got a couple of those kids that we took from North Futures team, seventh grade that played eighth grade with us, and so they've been playing together for a long time. And you know it's really fun watching them come together and just be a family. That's what's up, man. We'll get more into that. I just wanted to give you guys a basic, you know, the basic uh, introduction and all that good stuff. Um, Dom, what's been going on with you, bro? I know we, I know we had the workouts this morning, but what else is new? Not, nothing much, man, but, you know, I don't want to spend too much time talking about me. Um, same old, same old. I kind of have a lot of questions for these guys a little bit, um, especially now, you know, before we get into the next segment. I just have a few just based off of what they said um, for Coach. First thing you talked about the evolution of the program and the evolution of the player so far, but you're also a father to, to these two athletes right here. Yes. How has that been? Just watching your two boys grow up in front of you. You know, one who's playing college ball now and played high school ball at a high level, and and the other one who's who's great at playing um, not only football but is excelling on the baseball diamond as well. Um, how do you feel? from watching them as young titans and farmers to now playing in college and, and a senior in high school? Um, for me, it, it's pretty crazy, and I don't want to get too deep because I, I get pretty emotional about it. But, you know, these two dudes have been pretty much my savior in life. You know, they've, been, they've gone through some shit that a lot of kids, excuse my language, shouldn't have to go through or, you know, a lot of life changes. And to watch how they've become great adults, I've been very blessed and fortunate to have these two in my corner, you know, their entire life. Um, when it comes to work ethic, I don't think there's a kid that I know that works harder than Josiah did to get to the level that he's gotten to. Um, as you guys know, he was born with two left feet. You know, the kid mm. couldn't run, couldn't catch, <laughs> couldn't do nothing. You know, he barely could even talk, walk yeah. and talk. But, you know, watching him in high school just put in the work and really wanting to play college football, um, you know, it – it was amazing to me because I never thought a day in my life the kid would play varsity football, yeah. fifth, sixth grade, you know, yeah. undersized. He got into high school his freshman year. He was 5'1", 135 pounds. Yeah, I remember I remember him as little Josiah when we started, but that heart quickly shined through and that work ethic quickly, uh, quickly shined through. I mean, he was one of the kids that was there all summer going into his freshman year and stuff. And then just, you know, when you're around – you know, you know he's a coach's kid, and so you know he's gonna he's gonna give that effort. But it's almost like he had that chip on his shoulder to give extra effort, being that he's a coach's kid. Yeah, for sure. And and that was one thing that really pushed him because, you know me, I I never favored my kids. Even when I coached them in little league and stuff like that, it was you know whoever the best player was was gonna play. Yeah. He used to get pissed off at me because he played D line. He always wanted to play linebacker, play linebacker. <laughs> I never let him play linebacker until I think his eighth grade year when we got a new defensive coordinator and. He kind of put him in there. But, you know, when he got to high school, it was all on him. You know, you want to you want to play here, you want to play there, that's on you. You want to play college football, that's on you. Like, do I think you could play college football? Probably not, but I'm not going to shit on your dreams, you know, and and whatever. So he out. Exceeded. Yeah, he exceeded my expectations for sure. And yeah. I'm not saying that in a negative way. I'm just saying that that's the work and that's the kid that he is and the effort that he put in to get to that next level. So, Josiah, what was that like coming in as a little bit undersized, knowing, knowing that you were willing to put the work in, knowing that you were willing to do a lot more than some other guys that were bigger than you are? What was that like coming in for your freshman year? Was it a little intimidating? Was it, you know, did, did, did it matter to you? Like, 
Uh, for me, it didn't really matter to me because, like, one of my biggest things is, like, believe in yourself because nobody else is going to, like, stand up for you. Nobody else is going to put in the work for you. Like, you got to do it yourself. And one of the things that, like, really motivated me was what people would tell me, like, oh, you're too small. Oh, you're just the coach's kid. That's why you're playing. Like, <laughs> nah, like, I'm playing college football now. You guys are sitting at home. Mm. Like, that just motivated me to be better because – I just wanted to prove everybody wrong. Like, I could be better than every single person on this field. You know, it's it's amazing what, what just a chip on your shoulder will do for a kid. You know what I mean? Like, just being passed over or not believed in or not looked at as, as somebody that could be a college athlete, you know. So, big kudos to you, bro, because you came through and set the tone for sure. You yeah, know? for sure. But sometimes that just it, – it exudes from those kind of players, too. You see it. You know what I mean? Like – for me, we're talking about little Josiah, and yes, we call him little Josiah when we're looking at the Josiah we're looking at now, right? But for me, when we went into the Futures program, I never looked at him as little Josiah, you know what I mean? To me, he was always that same guy, the reliable guy that I was going to put out there, you know, kind of that, that quarterback of the defense, and, and he did his job, you know, and even when others would probably look at that spot and say, that's where we're going to target that's exactly what I wanted you to do because I knew who I had there and who I could trust in. And, you know, he did what he was supposed to do. I could just speak on as being, you know, Josiah's offensive line coach. Like it, it was one of them situations. This also kind of applies to Elijah too, where you, you know, the, you could see the, the work ethic and their ability to be able to be called upon to do different mm -hmm. things and then it not miss a beat. Like, you know, I, I I had to switch Donnie out for Josiah at center because I wanted, you know, one, Donnie's shoulder was, was horrible and we wanted to try to preserve him as much as we can. And it was sophomore Josiah where I, did, I was like, he's practiced there a couple of times, but we, and Hannah's like, are you sure? And I'm like, yeah, man, he's good. He's good. Trust me. We're good. And we didn't skip a beat. You know, if anything, I think it, it solidified our line a little bit, having Donnie out there at guard and be able to get on the edge a little bit more and, and have some of that strength when we're pulling. So, um, you know, when you're when you're ready, you don't have to get ready. And, you know, yeah. that's what it was with him. And that, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Coach. Oh, and that's one thing I think I pride myself on with being a father is making sure that my kids are always ready for whatever. Yep. Um, same thing with Elijah last year. Mm -hmm. Started out as center, moved to left tackle, moved to right guard, moved to tight end. You know, wherever we put him, he excelled, he exceeded, was ready for any situation. And it's not that we go home and practice these things, but it's the mental aspect of, hey, make sure you're prepared in life. Make sure you're always ready for whatever comes. Make sure you're ready for the next step or the next altercation or whatever situation you're thrown into. And that's kind of how I raised them because that's how my father raised me. It's just, you know, be ready, be, ready, be prepared, and always expect to expect change. Yeah, and, and it's funny that you say that because, you know, you guys are talking about how they adapt and, and you brought up Lige. And, and that's true because this kid went from being a lineman pretty much his whole youth career yeah. to playing receiver, dropping all that weight and stretching out, right, going to seven foot tall, <laughs> but uh, stretching out and going to receiver, you know what I mean? So that was my question for you, Lige, like, how have you been able to juggle and balance going from lineman to receiver to tight end? And how have you been able to balance that? And, and what's been the funnest part about that for you? I think just like just being able to play seven on sevens and all that and being able to just get that experience is fun. Mm -hmm. But then when it comes time to season, I know that we're going to have to hit the weight room hard and I'm going to have to probably go back to line and just make that for the team. 
Yeah. Is that hard? Because, I mean, like, linemen don't get, and this is, I don't give a shit, this is linemen speaking. Linemen get no glory. Mm-mm. No glory, unless everything goes right. And it can be one bad thing, and then it's just like you remember a sack versus the 200 yards of running that we put up or whatever. You know what I mean? So is it hard for you to be like, all right, hey, we're going to have to have you go back to alignment um, versus the p- potential glory there is at tight end or at wide receiver? Um, I think it's both just because I go in and at seven-on-sevens, I catch a touchdown or I get like a lot of yards that day, then everybody's all celebrating, telling the other team that's our alignment and all that. I go back to season and and start pancaking kids, and then the same thing, they start celebrating because then they're like, That's our wide receiver, dog. (laughs) That's dope. That's dope. As, as, you know, in life, a lot of times we're called called upon to do, you know, more than what we're paid to do or more than what we're expected to do. And um, so it's, it's good to learn those, I guess, learn those habits now versus waiting until you get to that point to learn them. I mean, I'm sure, Dave, you have probably several instances where you've been called to do something more than what you're set up to do and more than what you thought you were going to get into. And I know that's coaching in a nutshell a lot of times. Yeah, it's coaching. It's life. You know, even at work, there's a lot of things that I have to do that I don't like to do. Or, you know, there's certain tasks that a boss will ask me to do over and over again because I'm the best one at it or I'm the more qualified person to do it. So, you know, that's just life and adjustments. People are going to ask you to do more sometimes. They're going to ask you to do less. Or sometimes they're just going to ask you to do things that you don't want to do. But for the better part of the team, that's that's what we do. Man, that's how I, that's how I try to stick around at work. When I first started working there, dude was like, "Yo, what can I? What else? I can drive. I can do this. I can do this. I can do this." And I've, I've been fortunate to have several different positions at my job where I feel like I've showed my value in my ability to do multiple things or to be able to wear multiple hats. So it's very important as we go forward in life, man, because we're gonna get called upon to do some shit that we're not maybe wanting to do. And exactly. I think I think a lot of people go into it looking at it the wrong way too, right? They look at it like, "Oh, I'm doing this for you," but at the end of the day, you're investing in yourself. Always, regardless of what you're doing, you're always investing in yourself. If if it's doing the little bit extra at work, that's getting the eyes on you. That's going to hopefully get you in the right position to, you know, get a promotion or get a better job or get more pay, things like that. So that's all an investment into your success. Right. Um, so to me, like the more you do to better yourself or to make yourself look good, it's it's all a part of the game and investing in and making yourself excel. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's doing the shit that nobody else wants to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we were we were throwing this morning at 630. I had one of the other coaches uh, when I put it in our in our track, uh, you know, schedule like, oh, damn, you guys are going at 630. Like, yeah, man, I was like a couple of reasons. One, it's going to be freaking hot. And the other one is. Who wants to be there at 630? Like, if you want to be there at 630, you genuinely want to get better and want to be a better athlete, right? So, exactly. like, you know, early bird gets the worm, but also, you know, the more the person that really wants to excel is going to do whatever they have to do regardless of what it is or when it is to, to get it done. And I think that's all we can hope for as, as coaches and as, as parents. Exactly. So, David, you're a father, football coach, but you're also an MC. Right. Check, check. Yes, sir. I and, mean, and you, you got me juice, man. You talking about, yo, we're going to we're going to write the track like let's let, go. Let's do it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I've come a long way, man, in life. Um, I've been fortunate enough to be at my job for the last 24 years. Um, also blessed that, you know, I was able to live my dreams as a hip hop MC. Uh, did a lot of touring, was signed to a record label, did songs and toured with some of my favorite rap groups and MCs that I looked up to as a kid, you know, so. 
I've done a lot of things. A lot of people don't know that about me. I'm pretty humble when when it comes to my music. I stay pretty quiet about it, you know. But if you look back at my career, I would honestly say you could put my name up there with some of the best legends in Colorado, um, the group that I was a part of, and the things that we did and were able to to see, you know, just off of music and the, the money that we made and the endorsements and the the sponsorships that we had. It, it was a good time, a good time in my life. I mean. Dude, when when we sitting there on the sidelines, just you know, it's dead time in practice or team, and we're not paying attention and we're doing our own thing. Just hearing some of the, you know, some of the stories, man, it's like it's incredible. And you know, as kudos to you. I mean, you know, not a lot of people are, are that humble about it. When you talk about, you know, you're on tour with J Cole, not a lot of people are going to be humble and not want to talk about that kind of stuff. And you know, it's it's super cool, bro. That that you know. That's like a, a part of you that you know. It's not. It's not who defines you, but it's also a big part of like you know what you do in your life. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's more like memories that I get to to live with or share with people that I love and trust, and you know that I feel want to know about that. I feel like everybody doesn't care to know that about me, but people that do know me and people that I share that with, I feel like I'm comfortable with, and you know, am humble enough to share those experiences with. You know, so. The fact that my first tour was with Wu Tang and we did, you know, like <laughs> ten <flexing>. shows, we went <laughs> slight flex there. Yeah, we, we toured with Dilated Peoples like three times. You know what I mean? So yeah, we uh, done those butts. It's just it's crazy, man. Like I seen some crazy stuff on tour, and it's it's just the life that that I lived for a while. You know, being on the Vans Warped tour, being on the Mountain Dew tours, getting paid by Mountain Dew to do their video commercials for their skate tours and things like that. It was. It's a pretty good time. It's tight. What do you, what's up? What do you guys think about about Pops the MC? He was all right. <laughs> haters, bro. That's what's wrong with this generation. They're straight haters. You guys really like. At the end of the day, like I'm not saying like, you know, make your dad's head bigger than it is because we know how big it already is. Hard for that man um, to fit a hat. You know what I mean? But like at the end of the day, like you do gotta like be proud of your pops at some time because that is a big feat. Like there's a lot of people who you know strive to do those things and never touched a stage outside of the Roxy. You know what I'm saying? So like shout out to the Roxy. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> shout, out Roxy. shout out to the Roxy. Cervantes. But I'm just I'm just saying like Other side. you know that that's big for for them to be well known and and you know you could you should kind of pop your chest down and be like yeah that's my pops like my pops did that you know my pops toured with this person um but do either of you have any itch to spit some bars no. Not at all, Cole. Neither one of y'all be Lige, rapping? Lige looks like he got some heat under there. Like, he's blushing right now a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I personally feel like one of you, like, Coach puts that beat on again, and I feel like Lige is probably going to spit something for us. What I will say is, like, <laughs> like uh, nah. <laughs> <laughs> what I will say about, like, you know, Coach David and him, his coming up in, in the hip-hop game is, like, my little dabble in, in hip hop locally, like I knew like of the groups that he was a part of. Like there were yeah. there were there was like certain groups you knew of because they came before you and they were doing the shit that you wanted to do when you hopped into it. So um, you know, whether it be Three the Hard Way or Prime Element, yeah, you know, those were those were groups that I've always was like, Okay, them cats are getting it, you know, and the cats are doing it. You used to always see them on the the Wu Tang shows, or you know, on the on the marquee for them shows, and you're like, those are the shows you wanted to get as as a hip hop fan, you know, and, and to to see that and see you guys doing it big, man. It was always what made us proud for the state, you know. And no, I appreciate that, and I, I knew who you were as a rapper too. I knew your group, so it was a mutual respect thing. You, you know, still getting it in? 
That's um, what I'm about to ask. <laughs> yeah, honestly, it, it's crazy. It's like on and off, you know, like I still write, I still collect beats. Um, there's this dude that lives out in Germany now that sends me beats and they're fire, but all I'm doing is writing right now. I was in the studio a little bit last year, um, but it's the the dude I'm working with, he's kind of in between studios and he's doing tattoo stuff, but, you know, I respect him and we've been talking again about getting back in the studio and, and knocking some things out. Um, some of you guys might have heard of him. He was another dude that was signed to a major label when we were. Um, his, he goes by the name of SP Double. He's done some Shout out SP Double, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so, you know, respect to him and allow me to record at his studio and, and you know, extend his hand out to me and help me out with with uh recording and stuff but you know i'm not trying to make it a business anymore i'm not trying to be that 40 year old rapper that's still trying to make it out the basement yeah yeah i just want to do it for fun and prove you know what my hobby's better than your career homie like i'll put my bars against <laughs> anybody in this scene still yeah still. talk your shit hey one of my favorites bro of yours and it's it's not even just one of my like it's not a favorite tracker done it's just when you guys did that colorado cypher Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, that shit was so hard, dude. I think it was Reminders, Spoken Word. Sure. Um, Spoke. Uh, yourself. Paul, uh, Paul Padilla, yep, Jr. Yep. Uh, that dude, your, your bars in there were nice, bro. And I, I was like, okay, we, we, didn't get on, we didn't get on a Colorado cypher and come corny with it. So it, you guys came hard with that. I appreciate that. You know, that's kind of a funny story because I actually was really lackluster on that and procrastinated quite a bit. Um, we knew for like two weeks we were going to show up and record that. And it wasn't until I was on the way to shoot the video <laughs> that I was writing my rhymes for that cypher, <laughs> right? So a lot of that was just freestyle, like off the top of my head. It was just, hey, that's the cypher, though. Do what I can when I can. So when those dudes were spinning, I'm like, damn, I'm about to get outshined on this, you know? And I honestly feel like I did just because I respect the artists that were on that, too. But they came hard, and I was just like, some of my bars, I was like, eh. But it came out dope. I think we had over like five hundred thousand views yeah, on that. Like, yeah, yeah. Now that thing, that whole that whole cipher was our Mike Charles was on that too. Yeah, you know Mike I mean? Charles. Yeah, yeah, dude. There's some. There were some cats on that one that you you look at Colorado hip hop and me as being like more more backpack, you know, hip hopper like boom bap type hip hop style that I enjoy. Like them do. Th- that was my cipher. I was like, oh yeah, that cipher's dope. It was it was straight hip hop. Yeah, that it was dope, and I was honored to be a part of that. And I know they've tried to re- redo that two or three times, and it really hasn't been as successful as that one was. So it was fun to just be able to be on that one. Can't outdo the original, dog. <laughs> it's always hard. The sequels never are good enough. <laughs> no, no they're you, not. Do you currently follow, like, today's local hip-hop at all, the scene? I don't. To be honest with you, like, the hip-hop game in general has just turned me off yeah. completely. Like, And that's me just being an old head, being an old hip-hop head, old backpack rapper, as some would say, or conscious rap, or the older people that don't understand the difference between hip-hop and rap when they call me east coast like i don't know all that's just comical to me but you know to me i'm a lyric guy i don't want i don't care about rapping or dancing you know i want to hear lyrics i want something that touches me something that makes me think or something that spins my mind rather than just getting jiggy or being able to dance to it or whatever whatever that is nowadays Mm Well, I mean, and you know what—that was part of the co- that's part of the culture too, though. Like with with the dance and and stuff like that too, and you know, you get street hustlers, street art, entrepreneurship, and stuff. Um, I think I think that's what I've always loved about hip hop the most is just you get a wide variety of people that that do it, whether they do it good or not. That's that's up for other folks to debate, but um, just 
you you it's it's for everybody. It's just kind of like you know, there's not a lot of things that are for everybody. You can argue football is not necessarily for everybody. Yeah, right. But you know, music, arts. I mean, that that shit's something that everyone can do. Especially like with hip hop. These guys say they ain't got no hip hop bone in them, but I bet they can keep a beat somehow. Probably be all country with the way Josiah be up country up in in, in Missouri these days. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of which, though, Josiah. Um, just tell us a little bit about what you got going on, bro. With with you know your kind of your kind of recent journey with as being a student athlete and what that's been like. I know, uh, you know, going into what your second year at Culver Stockton. Yeah. So, what was that first year like for you? Uh, the first year was rough for the first couple of weeks. Like fall camp was hard because I'm in a place I don't know anyone. I don't know like anything around me. It was like super uncomfortable, and I felt like I didn't have anyone to like go to. <laughs> But then I was like, I got to do this for myself. Like, no one's going to be there when I'm older to walk me through life. Like, this is like a first step of being an adult. Like, you got to go get it if you want it. Mm. And just being out there, like, really pushed me to, like, come out of my comfort zone, make new friends with people, do things I've never tried. And, like, as an athlete, it was hard because, you know, college, it's hard. It's a hard thing to do as a college athlete is just play. Yeah. But being a student on top of that, going to class, getting good grades, it was rough because, like, you're going to football in the morning, going to class all day, you have football at night, and then you have to watch film and do homework on top of that. It was, like, trying to balance everything was rough. But and football in college is almost like a, like almost a full-time job. I mean, what do you got, like, 20 to 30 hours? You know, 20 hours you can be up with, like, official work, and then there's work that you have to put in outside of that. Yeah, so, like, during the week, my schedule, like, I wake up, go to weights at, like, 7 in the morning. Some days I'll wake up at, like, 5.30 to go do conditioning for my position group. And then right after that, I have to go straight to class. And then all day I have class until, like, 3. And then at 3, I go back to football (laughs) to go practice. And then right after practice, I go watch film and take notes and all that. It's a grind. Yeah, yeah, that's the struggle. That's the struggle. How have I mean? How do you how do you think you've progressed with adapting to just the environment and living on your college campus? Like, do you feel like you're you're getting along great with it, or do you think it still bothers you from time to time? Like, you still miss the family on on a holiday, or you know, on something like that. I mean, just being around my friends. So, like, when I first moved out there, I didn't really know anyone, and these two dudes that I met. My best friends, Highland and Kendall, they're both on the NFL prospect list now. Dope. Took me under their wing and like, hey, you're going to hang out with us. You're going to come do stuff with us. We're going to show you how this is done. Nice. And, and just, they're, they're older cats than you? Yeah, they're both going to be juniors this year. Sick. So, like, them just being around and stuff really, like, helped me become a part of, like, yeah. wanting to be there, wanting to be out there. Always wanting to put in extra work so I could be the best. It's like it started all over again, right? Like when you came into high school, you had older cats that took you underneath your wing a little bit, kind of mm-hmm. like, hey, you know what? This is the kind of work we have to put in. You know, whether they see something in you or, or what it is, they're just trying to get nice with Coach David, whatever. <laughs> they, they take you underneath their wing, though, right? And they, and they start. And so it's good, to have, it's good to have cats that took you under the wing up there and, uh, you know, and continue to kind of um, – just kind of keep going with it, you know, and kind of get you get you acclimated and and get you right so that you're not, you know, you're not feeling like a fish out of water. Yeah, I think that's one of like the biggest things for me that was hard was, you know, going from north. Everybody knew who I was like, oh, he plays football like we know who he is because I was like friends with everyone. 
And then I got out there and it's like nobody knows who I am. Nobody like talks to me like it was weird. Mm-hmm. But and, then, go ahead. But then like once like school started, you know, I came out of my comfort zone a little. I became friends with everyone and now pretty much a lot of people, like almost everyone knows me. Yeah, that's great that, you know, you had somebody that kind of took you under your wing and, and, and helped you kind of adjust to the living situation. There's a lot of athletes out there that don't have that happen for them, end up in a college where they might stand out a little bit too much, right? We had Elias on very early in the in our podcast, and, you know, he talked about some of his struggles with that off offline and off camera and also on camera. Um, what would you say to any young college athletes going in now or maybe even your brother that's getting ready to go to college next year um what would you say would be the best way of trying to juggle some of those feelings i would say just push through it like it's gonna suck at first because you're gonna feel like super alone like i remember calling my dad saying i hate it out there like Mm -hmm. i know nobody i don't want to be there and then a couple weeks later once i like came out of my comfort zone went and talked to people started doing things hanging out with people I was like, all right, well, I could stick with this, and I want to do this. Yeah. So I think just, like, coming out of your comfort zone a little and just sticking with it and not giving up when it gets hard is the best thing to do. It's important, man, because, you know, that was – that. Did you? I know you had other opportunities, but was that part of, like, the plan was to go somewhere where you, you, had, to, you had to be outside your comfort zone or you didn't want to – you know, because it's easy to be like if you, you, you went somewhere closer to home, like being able to just get back to home real quickly, like that—that's a little bit different. But being out there, you know, you're what twelve, thirteen hours away, mm-hmm. you know, outside of a family being there and everything like that. Like, is was that part of the plan, or is it just kind of happened that way? Uh, I think it kind of just happened that way. Like, I was originally going to go to New Mexico Highlands, which is like five hours away, but then that all went away. So I ended up going to the next best option, and then ended up in Missouri. So I think it's just all part of God's plan, like moving me out there. No accidents, right? Nope. And I mean, you know, and, and it's something that at some point we got to learn. We got to learn to step out of our comfort zone. And so to have that opportunity to kind of do it out there, you know, I mean, you take it how you take it, right? Like sometimes you don't know you're about to you're about to do something different, and you know, I'm sure it's going to pay off in the future. Yeah. Uh, Lige. Uh, oh, what? Go ahead. Lige. Yeah. Let's talk about baseball a little bit. Um, what what are you looking forward to as far as baseball goes? Because me personally, I know that you're a damn good baseball player, and I feel like you probably enjoy some of the competition that you get and, and some of your success that you get on the baseball field a little bit more than football at times. So let's talk about baseball like what are you looking forward to your senior season? And then also, what are you looking forward to in the future? Uh, my senior season, I'm just mainly looking forward to probably, or hopefully I'm being the ace this year and just going to be pitching a lot and just hopefully you can bring that second win in the playoffs, finally break that. So I'll need to win two games in a day and then we're in the top eight. Hopefully we can do that this year. And then I'm just looking forward to uh, – this month, actually, in like the 20th to the 23rd, I'm going to go to Texas and play for the RBI Rockies League. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be fun, too. Hell, yeah. That'd be, you that's go play dope. some good baseball out there, too. Yeah. 
you know, I know, I know baseball. I, I think the state, man. There's a lot of good teams out here in the state, especially some of the travel teams. So that's dope being able to get an opportunity to go out there and and showcase your talents, put your put your you know your name out there and get on the radar of a few people. Um, what do you What do you prefer better, football or baseball? Um, it's weird because it's like when baseball season's coming around, I'm like 100. percent Like I like baseball more, and then we get to like the first few weeks of football, and I'm like, all right. It's getting, it's close. I like both of them. <laughs> <laughs> Bo Jackson. Yeah. I, you know, it's funny because you don't see that too often. Like, like, uh, you know, you see it. In, obviously, you see it in high school, but you don't see it often, like in college and the pros, like the two, the two sports stars. So, to be really, you know, be pretty decent at both of them, you know, is is just a, you know, homage to your hard work, man. Because I know you work hard at both of them too. Would Would you rather pitch a no hitter, or catch three touchdowns as a tight end in one game? Probably pitching no hitter. Yeah. <laughs> it's harder to do. Yeah, it is harder. Definitely harder to do. I was do. trying to think of something to equate with football, but then I was like, I'm gonna put too big of a number on it, and it's gonna be like that's unachievable. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty crazy. He's so he went to L.A. last year and played for that junior Rockies team or the RBI team, and then in January he's going to Hawaii for the Hawaii Tiki Bowl, which nice. both the both saying? of my boys were able to. To play in and, and be You kind of got screwed out of the Hawaii part, though, didn't you? Yeah, I did with COVID. I mean, I, you know, Orlando's nice, but Hawaii? Yeah, it ain't Hawaii. Yeah. Yes, for sure. How do you feel about that, well, Elijah? Is that screwed financially? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> A lot cheaper to go yeah. to Florida. Yeah, yeah. facts. It's going to be really, you think, just a fun experience. Same type of thing how he said, like, get you out of comfort zone a little bit because I'm not going to know a lot of people out there, but it's going to be something that just helps you grow. Well, you actually have a little bit of an advantage over over your brother because he went out there solo dolo. Really, yeah. you got a couple guys who may be attending with you. Hopefully, yeah. you know. Um, but before we get off of baseball, for those who don't know, tell us a little bit more about the Rockies team that you'll be playing on. What just a little bit about it in general, what it is, and and how does one get chosen for a team like that? Um, it's it's this old like uh, league that they used to run. I think back when you were in high school, right? Yeah. Way back when. Way yeah. back when. <laughs> That's what he is applying. He's That's it. what he's saying. <laughs> Old people. Then they stopped doing it for a while, but last year they continued it, and it's just your coach. If your coach is one of the people for them, they can qualify, and then they uh, pick a few people from their team, from other teams that they think stand out, and you go to the tryout. I did that two days ago, and they could get professional like M- like MLB scouts from the Rockies out there and they time your 60s they do everything ground balls hitting pitching that's what's up they just test everything yo yeah. shout out coach Ernesto too I was getting ready to say that's dope that you got you know you got the uh, kind of out of the the validation from Nesto because he's one of the best baseball coaches in 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 the city. You yeah, know what I mean? Sure. Like he does his things. Like he's proven he's won championships year after year. He's always competing, and for him to you know say, Elijah's that guy. And knowing Nesto, you've kind of been that guy for him for a while since you were a young kid. You know, he's seen the talent that you have. You, I mean, you played varsity pretty young, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's pretty dope that, that he sees that in you and, and he's, you know, backing you too. So that's dope. Keep it up, man. That's that. That's that, dude. That's one of my. You know, I have no no part of it or anything like that. But it's cool to see how 
the, the just the history with that baseball team mm-hmm. over there at North, and I know Nesto's been a part of it for a long time. From not just being a, you know playing there, but been coaching there for a long time, and it's awesome to see what they've built. And you know, I'm, I'm rooting for y'all to to break through that barrier and get to that final eight and really make some you know some hay because you know you get these Northside kids in that in that tournament and you get them you know the the confidence of having one two to get there. You know what I mean? Like, who knows what can happen at that point? And I think you saw it this year with the with with five A with and, and with four A and three A with baseball. Like, dude, you, once you get into that final eight, anything can happen. You know, and you got to get you got to get beat twice to get put out, and anything can happen at that point. And you know, you might take a run further than anybody thought. So hopefully, you guys, uh, hopefully you guys get there. And I, I mean, I'm hoping you guys get there in football too, bro, because mm. you know that's something that we chased for a long time. Um, being a you know a, a graduate of the class of 2001 of, of North, you know only one of us at this table or two of us at that at this table could say we graduated from North. You know what I mean? <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, you know it, to to see you guys break through that that barrier, especially with the league you guys are in and, and some of the teams you have to play this year, man, that'd be super awesome. Yeah, for sure, it's gonna be tough, but I think we can do it. Yeah, hey, it's dope to hear like the. I mean, every team always goes into the season expecting to win right but just to hear the excitement that's kind of brewing around this senior class is pretty dope but i'm gonna put elijah in the hot seat Uh-oh. you get an, similar offers one in baseball Uh-oh. one in football Uh-oh. you said you kind of like them both which one you choosing i think at that point it's kind of just which one i feel like i'm gonna have a better shot at because it's just different like different positions can mean different like possibilities mm-hmm. like I can go in at tight end I can go in at tackle just long snapping like kind of depends on the position yeah and same thing with baseball that could be like first base third base or pitcher kind of just depends on what I think I can do there yeah also hey, depends on the schools answer. that come calling for you too right like yeah. you know and, and the money and yeah. the, that's this dad speaking and the money yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yo, yo, tuition ain't no joke these days, Especially bro. Especially when you got two of them, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I ain't paying nothing for Josiah. He earned that. So yeah. good for you, bud. Good job. You know, you should better hit your dad up for you know. I took some burden off of your back, so you know. Me some extra money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nil deal starting at home, starting dog. At home. <laughs> yo, man, it's awesome, bro. And we'll get we'll we'll dive more into into what these boys got coming up. What's he'll, up? he'll give him that deal, but he got to wear some prime. Element gear. Hey. You know what I mean? Hey, I got pictures of him. I got pictures of him at shows acting like he wasn't a fan. Look yeah. at like Ask him what song that. he used to play all the time before games. It, it was my one of my songs. It wasn't. Stars. Yeah. Which one? Reach for the Stars. Hey, okay. There's that title right there. You, that's, okay. a game you sh- that's a song you should listen to before a game. You know what I mean? Yeah, Just the title a, alone tells you. It, it's some heartfelt stuff, you know. It was basically, like I always said as a rapper, I never rapped about anything that I didn't live through mm. experiences. So, you know, it was just some heartfelt song, and I guess apparently it, it touched him so that I'm blessed for that, you know. Hell yeah, man. That's all we want, right? Uh, like, even it, it, it happened to be your son, yeah, you know, but to know your the music you make is, is making a difference in somebody's life or just, you know, they go for that record when – things aren't going good or when they're getting amped up for a game or something like that, dude, that's, that's dope. That's all you want. Right. Exactly. Yo, pivot a little bit. 
Shout out to Cutthroat Barbers and Anglers, 38th and Pierce and Wheat Ridge. AJ, the chef, leads a team of excellent barbers providing all the latest cuts in men's hair fashion. The fellas at Cutthroat take the art of barbering to the next level. They got a chair open waiting for your visit. So hit up cocutthroat.com. Book yourself a service. Shout out to AJ and his team over there. Make sure you go follow them on their socials, Cutthroat Barbers and Anglers, or at cocutthroat.com. Also, you know, David, I know you're a fisherman, but they're opening a uh, uh, fly shop in the in, in the back of the of the barber shop. So uh, come in July thirteenth. You got the Canyon Fly Shop, be the first of its kind concept. Cups it cuts up front, flies in the back. Uh, One stop shop for anglers of all ages. So check them out. Grand opening for the Canyon Fly Shop is July thirteenth. Stay tuned for more. Don. Hey man, let's talk a little football. Let's talk some football. We was we with the stud linebacker over here, and we with the uh, all around football. Playing junkie over here, so let's let's talk about it. Yeah, the five in one. He's the the uh, Julian Edelman, right? He plays a lot of positions, except for he Julian Edelman never went and played in the trenches. Have you ever played left out? <laughs> yeah. <so>. <laughs> <laughs> I think jo- uh, no, Josiah and Coach left him out on the way here. Almost. What, what was that joke? He played right guard. He played right bench and guarded the water bottle. Yeah. <laughs> hey man, this this list is is a pretty. Pretty interesting list. ESPN and a bunch of execs put together a list of the top 10 off-the-ball linebackers. All right. And this list, you know, some say there's some controversy with it. Some say there's some people that were left off the list. Um, But let's get, you know, the take of all of us here at the table. Um, What do you guys feel about this list? Um, Do you think anybody that's on this list is ranked too high? And or who got left off? Who got snubbed? I'll go with the linebacker first. Uh, for me, I would say, like, one of the best linebackers in the NFL. We were talking about it earlier. Mm-hmm. I know Dom said, oh, he was hurt, but uh, Micah Parsons, mm. he's a legit linebacker. Like, he's good. He comes downhill fast, makes plays out in the open field. He's just an all-around great linebacker. And I think even though he was hurt, he's coming back this year. He's going to, you know, do some damage on the field. Yeah, for sure. I think honestly, if if Parsons would have played a full year, he would have definitely been on this list. He probably would have been top of this list, in my opinion, as well. But you know, sometimes it's not about what you did before; it's about what you do now. So some of us read the list, yeah, and some of us see that Michael Parsons was left off, uh, left out of the off-ball linebacker category this year. So they said you'll see him later on in their other list. So and I imagine you, they're gonna move you, him down to the edge. If huh? you also read, it was because of an injury. I mean, that's what it says. I mean, what I mean, it say it's, that it's verbatim, right? What you're talking about? 2002 season on the sideline because of injury. Mm. You see that? I see mm. it. I, I see, see it. it. Mm. I see it. So I, I think I tend to agree with your side here. I mean, yo, you can say injury, but you can't act like that dude doesn't disrupt the game. No, no, no. I I get it, but we're t- talking statistically. What did they do? Who was the top ten? That's what this list's about. It's got to know football. He likes the Raiders. <laughs> hey, hey, we'll see. We'll see. Yo, shots fired. Nah, man, I, you know, Fred Warner had a great year last year. Kind of last couple years kind of made his, his, you know, his name even more felt. So, you know, I, I, I give him number one, bro. I, I agree with number one ranking on there. But, you know, I've always been a big fan of Roquan, and he got traded from the Bears over to the, to the Ravens. And, you know, the rich get richer. You think about the, the studs that the Ravens have, you know, pairing him up with Patrick Queen and just all that they do on defense, man. It's just kind of unfair. 
Yeah, no, for sure. He's a stud, bro, and I'm excited to see what he does with the Ravens because I think he was a perfect piece to what they may have been missing. Yeah. Um, kind of since, you know, their linebacking core ever since Ray Lewis has kind of, you know, had some studs, but were they really – is that their home? Were they going to be solidified there, and have they lived up to Ray Lewis's expectations? Not quite. So to bring in a veteran like this is going to help them out, I believe, um, because they're also still don't know what's going to happen with, with, with their current situation. So good for them. There's a lot of good guys on this list, though. What do you think, Coach? I mean, honestly, if I'm being completely 100% open, I'm not really like a big – I don't watch linebackers during football games. I'm just a mm-hmm. fan of football and in general. You know, when I played football, I was a right guard. I was always the fat kid. You know, <laughs> now that I'm in high school, I've learned and transitioned to being a wide receivers coach or an offensive guy. So, you know, guys that stand out to me on the football field are the dudes who make the highlight plays, mm-hmm. quarterbacks, receivers, running backs. And to me, that's kind of a slap in the face to the trench dudes because I was a trench dude. But I really don't even pay attention to that anymore. It's just watching the highlights and things like that. But, you know, watching the way these linebackers fly around nowadays is ridiculous compared to when I was a kid watching linebackers play. You know, these dudes are running 4-3, 4-4s, sideline to sideline. Yeah, they're covering receivers yeah. and slot, you know, slot receivers. Almost like They're almost like a nickelback. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it's, it's just crazy to me how fast and how big these guys are nowadays. One that's on this list that kind of surprised me, but then you go back and look at the year he had, is Matt Milano at number four. Oh, I love him. Like, well, yeah, you know, he's good. But, like, he, Coach was just talking about, like, the flashy plays. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, he's not one of those ones that you would think, were, like, being super flashy. Then you looked at he had three interceptions, 11 pass deflections, you know, zero touchdowns allowed over six or seven targets. And you start looking at the numbers and the fact that he was a pro bowler and all pro this year. And you're like, oh, damn, he really had a good season, man. Like, um, he, he snuck up on this list, too. And then Devin White, man, like, you know, I know locally the Broncos people were kicking the Broncos for not, dra- you know, trying to get him because yeah. he was he was up there with the other kid from uh, that went out to Pittsburgh. I forget the other uh, the other Devin, um, but nonetheless, like he's another one, bro. Like that that linebacker core in Tampa, they they got a solid linebacker core with Levante David and and um, Devin White. So he's another one that man you can't pass up on that too, and can't look you know can't feel bad about him being on there. Yeah, I know uh, Josiah off the record was talking about Devin White before we got started here, so I know mm-hmm. that's. Definitely somebody on the list that he likes. How about C.J. Mosley still on this list, man? You know, yeah. and he's been doing it for a long, long time now, it seems like. I mean, I used to pick him up as my fantasy football defensive guy, like, I feel like five years ago, bro. And, you know, linebacker, man, be able to crack him like that for a long time in the league. And you know, he's still on this list making his name felt at age 31. Yeah, I feel like he should be older than 31. I feel like he's been in the league for like <laughs> for 20 <real> years. Though. <laughs> and he was another one. Didn't he? he started his career at Baltimore mm-hmm. and then ended up going out, out to uh, New York as a free agent. So, yeah, he's he's one of those ones, dude, that you see with Levante David, Bobby Wagner being out here forever uh, on the honorable mention. But he's another one of those dudes, man, that, you know, you have him at linebacker, there's a good chance you got a solid linebacker core. Yeah, yeah, and he's just sure. Mr. Reliable, right? You know you're going to put him in a spot. He's going to do his job, and he's going to do it at a high level. So why would you not have him on the field, you know? So regardless of how long he's been in the league, he's one of those veterans that you need out there. Absolutely. Since we're talking linebackers, who's your favorite linebacker in the league right now? I would say someone I'm excited to watch is uh, one of the guys that Broncos just drafted, Sanders, okay. from uh, Oklahoma. Okay. He's a legit linebacker. Like he gets downhill fast. That's what I like in linebackers: getting downhill, putting your body into somebody else's. And I also think from the Lions, uh, Malcolm Rodriguez. Mm. 
Okay. He's just a super chippy guy. Rodriguez is a baller, bro. He's a baller. I'm going to take your word for it because I don't know who that is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at Coach David. We're just like. <laughs> These dudes didn't it's, watch Hard Knocks. He's an offensive guy. Nah, yeah, I've never been a, a Hard Knocks guy. What? I don't know. Me either. I don't I, but, think I've but ever that's watched like that full with Hard Knocks. That's like that with every show. Don will tell me about a show. And I'm like, oh, i never watched that before. It's like, what that, do you watch? That's me Ooh. too. I'm probably the biggest guy that watches TV but don't watch TV. Like the TV's on, but I don't think I'm ever watching it or paying attention. It's just on. Always sleeping. That yeah. <laughs> I'm focused, my Damn, eyes closed. Bro. I gotta I'm meditating. Diamond your pops out over here. Yep. Someone's gonna get choked out on the uh, behind the scenes. Somebody's walking home. Me. <laughs> good, good thing it ain't that far, right? Lige, do you have a favorite linebacker in the league right now? Or yeah, who's who's the best? I mean, I don't really watch like linebackers, but just Fred Warner. He just flies around, mm. just throws his body on the line for everything. Like how fast he gets across the whole entire like field, to makes tackles. What about you, Don? Uh, favorite linebacker. Since, since everybody's right answered answer that question, honestly, even though like we opened it up, kind of like me saying why he wasn't on the list, being a hater. I think Micah Parsons is probably my favorite linebacker in the league. Um, but I also like, and this guy's kind of they don't you know you don't know what's going to happen with him right now. But he plays the game right is is Patrick Queen. So he's he flies around all the time. And if he I don't know, do you know what his status is right now? Like is he still on the market? Did the Ravens decide to keep him? You know, I don't know, I man. I was trying I, to look for it. I know he was they were talking about him going elsewhere. The Raiders were looking at him a little bit. Um, but if he stays in Baltimore with that court that they have right now, holy fuck, that's scary. Because yeah, they didn't they they declined his fifth year, right? Yeah. I mean, he's still on there right now, but we'll see what happens if that if if a trade goes through or something else later on. But I mean, I think he's that dude too. He's definitely a very good player. It's kind of I thought it was surprising that the Ravens declined his option, um, but you know it's business in the NFL. He might just come out this year and have a have a great year, and then they they're really going to owe him a bag. But mm-hmm. you can always franchise him though. Um, getting on the linebackers, what what. What made you want to play linebacker? I think just, like, knowing who Ray Lewis was, like, oh, this dude kills people. Everyone's scared of him. Like, <laughs> if you run across his face, it's going to be a bad day. My favorite Ray Lewis video is that one where Chad Johnson, or Chad oh, Ochocinco, yeah, yeah. he tries to crack him in the end zone, dude. Like, yeah. they're, play, they're at the goal line and he tries to crack him, and he just freaking gets leveled. And he's like, oh, I tried to hit. I accidentally hit Ray. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, that's the GOAT, bro. Ray Lewis? That's the GOAT. You think so? I, I per I mean, me, I love emotional players. I love guys who play with the chip, and that dude always is on the field playing with the chip. He's inspirational. Like, if you see someone playing as hard as Ray Lewis plays, you want to play that hard. Like, if he's going to run through a wall, why won't I? You know what I'm saying? And that's why that dude is just, that's my GOAT. So I don't I don't want to veer off topic, but we're on topic. Where do you where do you stack? Uh, where do you rank Brian Urlacher mm. as the linebacker? Because that's a guy that like, and his career didn't seem to like he seemed like the career ended maybe a year or two years earlier than it probably could have. But he was loyal to the Bears. He didn't he didn't like leave anywhere else, right? Like he never he never went and had like a cup of tea with someone else. And, yeah, um, man, that's tough, dude. Because I start thinking about all the linebackers that have played the game, right? Because another linebacker who's my favorite just because 
I don't even know why. I just loved him. Um, I wore the number 55 because of him as Junior Seau. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I, I, I probably would put Erlacher a little bit above a guy like Zach Thomas. <laughs> I said that purposely. I said that purposely I just mean, to fuck with him. You know, I might agree with you, though. I, I mean, but they're kind of similar, though. Yeah, right? yeah, they're, yeah. They're consistent guys. They're they're lunch pail guys, right? They're yeah. going to come to work. They're going to do their job. They're going to do it at a great level. They're kind of the quarterbacks of the defense. They're not the most flashy guys, but they get the shit done. Prime for prime. Prime for prime. Erlacher or Luke Keekley? Luke. Yeah? Luke. Yeah? I love the way Luke Keekley played ball. His career cut short just because of the way he played ball. Yeah. You know, I, you talk about downhill. Yeah, he was really downhill. And then the way he studied the game was crazy. Yeah. Like watching YouTube videos of how he would be able to just call out plays and be like, oh, that guy's pulling. This is where the ball's going. It's just insane. Yeah. Yeah, Luke Keekley was a dog. So, and this question is for both Elijah and Josiah. When you guys are playing, who do you kind of envision your game trying to – or try to emulate your game off of or – Try to see yourself playing like what sport? Uh, we'll go football since we're talking linebackers. Go first for linebackers. Uh, I say that I want to be like, I don't know, I want to be like Luke Keekley in the way that he studies the game. Like, I want to know what play they're running, like, what's going to happen before the ball's even snapped. But, like, during the play, I want to be like Ray Lewis, like, don't come across my face because I'm a kid. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's you a got, deadly combination. Hey, he's right he's got that attitude on the field. I've been across Josiah a couple of different times where he's he's had to come out the game and you go, go to talk to him, and it's just like, oh, oh this I'm dude pissed this, me off. I'm going to let this dude be real quick. <laughs> this is the only kid that will cuss you out for bringing him off the downfield. Like, Bro, somebody else has to play too. Hey, like, you need a blow, dude. How about... You know, you talk about that's who you like to play with before we get to Lige. It just, like, flashed a memory of G-Dub where he fucking just hit Honeycutt and you just see paint from the helmet just in the air. Like, <laughs> I wish I wish your mom would have caught, like, a still yeah. of all the paint chips just up in the air. That would have been such a sick picture, bro. That was one of the best hits that that I've seen while we were coaching that North. Like, that fucking hit was amazing. There was a couple yeah. of them. The punt from West, yeah. he killed that. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was looking at, David, when you're talking about him hitting, you know, hit, having a big hit. And I was looking at David, and that's the first thing that came to my mind was just that video of, of, of the punt returner just yeah. getting completely murdered. Yeah. We, uh, we were talking about it with one of my friends from G-Dub who coaches over there at George, and we were talking about it later on that night um, about that hit on Honeycutt where his helmet pretty much exploded when Josiah hit him. Um, it was like a heavyweight fight where you have your mm. best running back coming to the hole and that guy throws a perfect punch and you see all the saliva and nose yeah. snot just coming out from the punch. That's kind of how that hit went. When down hit. goes Frazier. Yeah, yeah, down goes Frazier. When, <laughs> when he hit Honeycutt, this helmet just exploded like a grenade, and it was like, wow. I just remember seeing his purple helmet. I was like, what the hell happened to your helmet, dude? Because it was all white when we started. Like, now you got this big old gash of purple in there. Like, what the hell happened? But, nah, Elijah, same question for you, though. Who do you model your game after, or who would you? And it could be whatever position you play. Think of all the many positions you play, because not everyone's a five-tool player like you. But... <laughs> Um, I don't really know. I don't really think about it like that. Like I've never really thought about like trying to 
be someone else because I'm like I'm kind of like in between for positions like tight end. I'm not as fast as other people, but then I come to line and I'm faster than other people, but I'm not as heavy as other people. So it's like mm. kind of just try to be the best that I can be for what I am. Who do you look at for like um, like it, like just for like advice without them giving you advice? Like so like if I want to like I I see like you know as tight end like. Yo, I like what Travis Kelsey does here and here, or as a tackle. You know, I like you know, I like what this person does here and here. Is there anybody that you kind of like look at their game and you're like, hey, I like that. Let me try to steal a piece from that for my game. Um, kind of just George Kittle is where he blocks. Just get downfield. Just do what you got to do. My man's a lineman too. You hear that? <laughs> you hear that? Yeah. <laughs> oh. Hey, and but that's where you make your money playing tight end is really blocking. Yep. Right. If you could, if you can be a good blocking tight end, you're gonna make some money. You're gonna be on the field. Even though for the sure. game is changing, right? The game is always changing, but there's still those teams that really, really appreciate a good tight end. Something to be said about having that extra, that extra quote unquote lineman out on the field for you. You know yeah. what I mean? If you can get, yeah, you get six big boys that are moving the line of scrimmage, um, dude. You can do a lot with that. Coming off play action, you can do you know running game, whatever. You know, it could be lethal. Hey, we were talking about the goat earlier. But we also, we also kind of got to bring up, you know, the GOAT of football, period. Um, and Brady, man, he just lost $30 million in Bitcoin. That's crazy. Do you think? I, do I you can't think, believe it. Well, that was from the FTX thing, right? Yes. Do you think he? Do you think he even notices thirty million being gone? No. Hell is that yeah. like? Is that like us losing five dollars? That's I, like us losing a hundred. Listen, I will notice if I lost five or a hundred. Right? <laughs> you just lose money like that. You're gonna notice, bro. You can't just let nobody take you for your money. That's why there's a lawsuit, and they're all getting a part of it. Well, I mean, and Giselle lost eighteen in the same thing. So, so they really lost. They were married at the time. They lost forty eight mil. You got to be careful yeah. messing with the, you know, questionable new things, bro. I don't know. Like yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't. Dab- you know, we talked about it a little bit off air. I didn't dabble too much in in crypto, man. I messed around with that Dogecoin a little bit. Made me like a little rack or whatever, but nothing life changing. No serious money like that. I was always like, you know, they say scare money don't make no money. And man, my money was like, oh, dude, that's that's different. Yeah, that's yeah. that's not like, you know, it's not like having odds on craps or something like that. Like, you know, you're buying digital currency. Like, mm-hmm. who controls it? What happens when that shit disappears? Like, I don't know, man. I was always a little little leery about putting my money too far into it. Yeah, for sure. I never caught the wave. I ain't never got no crypto, but I knew a few crypts though. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Come on, cuz. <laughs> no, you know, there's a lot of people that lost money with that, though, bro. And, you know, that's part of that's part of what exposed that whole FTX thing is because people went to go cash out. And, oh, boy, ain't have no cash for them to cash out. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think that, would be, that was my biggest worry. It was like, and that's my worry with banks, bro. And I hate to sound like a conspiracy theorist. and But, like, when shit goes sour and you want to go get your money, like, how you going to get your money? Uh-huh. You know, he's yeah. one of those old school got the money under the mattress type. No, nah, because mattresses yeah. catch on fire, dog. That's what you need to save <laughs> for. True. To get fireproof safe. No, nah, but like, you know, um, with this FTX thing, too, like, you know, like I, I, I've heard it with Robin Hood. When, uh, remember mm-hmm. when AMC and um, the, the AMC movie theaters, there was a couple other like stocks that were like being, uh, GameStop was the other one where they were like inflating the stock and people were cashing in, making lots of money while like Robinhood, which is an app that you can trade crypto and make like uh, day trades on. They were like putting, you know, a hold on like releasing people's money. 
Like they're like, no, nah, you can't. Too many people have taken their money out. It's gonna, it's gonna screw the market up. We can't do that. Whatever for whatever reason. So that was always my fear. Like if I invested too much in it and I start making good money on it, like are they gonna tell me I can't take out my money? You know, or are they gonna say you can only take out so much of it? That's kind of shady, right? Because they're like, oh no, you can't take it out, and then the market crashes. Well, that shit's all speculation anyway. You're like, that's how they're making money is like they're speculating certain things are going to happen with the market. And that's, you know, they're kind of they're kind of gambling your money like that in, in, in different stocks. So I don't know, bro, like shit's volatile, dude. Like you see you, you watch the news and see Dow Jones be crashing all the time. And I was just always afraid to get my money too far involved in that and not be able to, to recoup it, especially if like, you know, you start thinking about, you know, I'm you know, I'm not. I'm not dead broke, but bitch. I'm, what is it? I'm not filthy rich, but bitch, I'm barely broke. <laughs> like I don't, I don't, man. I if I'm gonna be spending some money, I don't want to not be able to get that money back. You know? Yeah, and this is a big lawsuit, bro. Before it collapsed, they were valued at thirty-two billion dollars. So, and forty-eight million of that is to Brady and and Giselle. So, that's a lot of other people they owe bread to. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Yo, that's why homie's uh, homie's facing some charges, bro. He's like the current day Madoff, you know what I mean? Like, we'll see what happens with that, bro. I don't know. I don't, like I said, I don't dabble in that fun money too much. But what I do dabble in is the outlook for these expectations from these three fellas that we're sitting with right now. Yeah. And kind of want to get back into them a little bit more. You know, we got to hear their story coming up. Like, I want to see what they got, what they're looking forward to coming up. Um, obviously with, with David, you know, as a coach and then, you know, you kind of dabbled on it a little bit before we started about being a father and being able to watch Josiah the next couple of years, especially as, as he starts progressing and getting time. And then who knows where Elijah goes these next couple of years with his, with his athletic careers. Um, so, you know, what's obviously, what are your goals for this year as, as, as a, as a coach, but what are, you know, what are some of the things you want to see this year from your kids too? Um, as a coach, you know, you always want to, well, at least for me, and I know you guys are kind of the same way too, I always want to learn. You know, I never want to be that coach that is okay with just being the same every year. Yeah. I want to learn from the players. I want to study, um, get into the, like, the new generational things, new, just anything, new drills, um, pick the brains of other people who have experienced more than me. And just never be content with being subpar or being average. You know, I, I want to be the best coach that I could be mm. and put in the time for studying, whether that's film or YouTube videos or fundamental stuff or reading, just, just always being better. Um, my goal for the season, you know, as a skills coach, as a wide receivers coach, is I want to see kids get to the next level. I want to see some of these kids get offers and, and be proud and, you know, be able to be those first kids in college, you know, the Northside kids that not very many of their parents could afford college or didn't go to college or barely even finished high school. I want these kids to be the first generation to, to play a college sport or get that college degree. You know, that, yeah. that's where I really take pride in wanting these kids to play at the next level. And I honestly think we have five, six, seven kids that can get college scholarships this year on this football team. That's big too, coming from coming from the north side like that, man. We don't get a lot of kids. I mean, we've had some years where we sent multiple kids, but that's awesome. Yeah, like that year we sent Donnie and all them. I think we sent yeah. five. Um, but to speak on that, there's quite a bit of that number that you just said is just in the receiving court too. Correct. Yeah. I mean, because I'm thinking about a few that we know, 
and Lorenzo, Jack, you know, those guys. Gabe. Gabe, they're probably all, I mean, I've seen all their social medias to where, you know, they're doing visits and, and yeah. schools are reaching out. So that's three of that list that he already Dude, said right Them now, three man. right there, too, they've got, they've got great size on them. Like, and you don't get that a lot. You know, you don't get that a lot from the north side, man. It just is what it is. You know, yeah. sometimes these kids these are beans don't grow that big. No. You know what I mean? But yeah, and it's crazy to me because it, like three of those guys, those three guys would be starters for us on that side of the ball. Yeah. yeah, our fourth starter would probably be Elijah Berg, which you guys are very familiar with too. Yep. Yeah, shout out so, to Elijah Berg. You know, three out of those four players I've coached prior to high school. Yeah, um, Lorenzo since second grade, Elijah Berg since like second or third grade. Um, Gabe played futures for us, and then he came over and played for me at Wheat Ridge in, in eighth grade. So, you know, I take pride in hopefully that these guys will get some good scholarship money and go play at the next level, and me being able to just focus on really being a, f a fan of theirs now and not yeah. a coach, you know, and witnessing what they can do at the next level. It's fun to follow these kids that we've coached before that are that are up at the next level. You know, your Brandon Bennett's, um, KJ's, you know, yeah. these kids that are that are doing different things at the next level. And, and it's fun to watch them, man. It's fun to kind of follow them and see where their career's taking them. See, you know, hey, are they getting some time in now? Or what are they doing? What are they experiencing? That's why I, like, I love having kids that we've coached before come on and talk about their student-athlete experience because it gives other kids that we might have as listeners or viewers kind of an idea of, like, everyone's experience is different. So just because, you know, you, you're not someone that wants to step out your comfort zone, listening to Josiah talk about stepping outside his comfort zone and how much he's grown from doing that might be enough to be like, you know what, I do want to kind of go away opposed to being like, you know, an hour or two or three hours away. Like, mm -hmm. there's a big difference right. between New Mexico Highlands, you said five, six hours, mm -hmm. and in Culver Stockton, which is, you know, 12, 13 hours away. That's a big difference. That's not a day trip that you want to take too often, you know? Yeah, and it's crazy for me, you know, just being who I was. So, small, long story short, when I was in high school, I had a couple D1 offers, D2 offers to go play college baseball. I didn't step out of my comfort zone. I was scared. I didn't want to leave home. I didn't want to leave my girlfriend at the time, which happened to be their mom. So, you know, for him to take that step to go do that makes, you know, it makes me very proud as a father because I didn't have the balls or I wasn't man enough to do that. And I regret it every day. You know, and I look back at it and people ask me, do you miss playing? Do you miss? Yeah, I do. And hey. I regret that I didn't take that opportunity to do that. No. Hey, but really don't regret it, bro, because nothing's an accident in life. And who knows? You said it like, you know, you didn't want to leave your girlfriend who happened to be their mom. Right. Like, what if, you know you would have took that leap and you would have ended up leaving and you would have never had these two young men who are now, you know, going to be in college and playing in college. You yeah. know what I mean? So, like, everything happens for a reason and maybe you sacrificed your blessings to pass it on to them. Hey, and I, I believe that, too, you know, and I regret maybe was the wrong word. I, I just really miss playing the sport. You yeah, know? for and, sure. And that's why I give back to the community and I coach. And, and my passion was baseball, but I love coaching football as well. Well, but, that's why it's a blessing to see these kids get opportunities because, you know, we know as having played uh, athletics before that you want to take this thing as far as you can take it. You want them to tell you you can't play no more, mm -hmm. yeah, you know, before exactly. before you're not playing no more. And so I think that's the, that's the regret maybe is just like wanting to be able to go as far as you can with it. 
Um, and that's why I encourage Josiah to just keep grinding and keep working your ass off because take this thing as far as you can take it until they have to pull you off the field and tell you you can't play football no more. And Elijah, the same thing, whether it be baseball or, or football, take that thing as far as you can and make these people have tough decisions to, you know, not have you around. Like you just play ball, as, as, you know, ball out and work as hard as you can to get there because you guys already have the right mindset, right attitude. You guys are willing to do the dirty work, do things that other kids aren't willing to do to, to kind of get there. So don't let, don't let nothing like that stop you. For sure. Um, since you brought up Josiah, Josiah, what are some of your goals and expectations for this upcoming football season? Uh, one of my goals is just to get on the travel squad. You know, last year I redshirted, so mm-hmm. I didn't get a chance to be on the travel squad. But I really want to make the special team squad so that way I can prove myself and be like, Look at me like I'm going to go down there and hit somebody. Mm-hmm. I'll do whatever you guys need me to do to get on the field. Like, Just let me get my opportunity to try. For sure. And that's that's where you got to kind of make your way in sometimes is through those special teams. You yeah. know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. where you get noticed. And then, you know, some of the greats we talk about till this day made their debut on special teams. You yeah, know? the first one I, I just think about when you said sometimes you have to go down there and, and, and make yourself Toronto known. Davis. Terrell Davis, yeah. uh, one of the greatest, you know, stories there is in football is, you know, a six-round kid that, you know, went down on, on kickoff coverage and blew somebody up, and the next thing you know, they're like, where's 30 at? And yeah. then he, he, they blossomed into a Hall of Fame football career. And, and, and one of the best running backs to play the game, honestly, absolutely. even coming from a Raiders fan. Absolutely. Injuries may have derailed that a little bit, but that doesn't take, you know, take, take away anything that he did. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, you know, I think, again, going back to – it is funny that you that's the way you answered it because it goes back to being willing to do things that maybe other people aren't willing to do. There might be other people on that team or, or, or on teams that you've been on where they're like, no, I'm a starter. You know, yeah. I'm this. I'm on, the off, I'm on the defense or I'm on the offense. I'm a starter. And maybe not so willing to say, you know what, I'll do whatever. I'll go play special teams. I'll go play, you know, this, that, or the other. And so, you know, having that ability to be able to say, you know what, what do you need? Let me do it. It's, it's big, man. It's definitely real big. For sure, because you know you got some some high end recruits, right? That are like, oh no, I was recruited to play offense. I was recruited to play defense. I ain't touch special teams. I'm a I'm a four star. I'm a five star. Like I don't need to do that. Stupid. And I I doubt there's a lot out there, but there are some divas. So way to be ready to strap it on and do whatever it takes. Eliza, what are you looking to get out of this season, whether it be football or baseball? What mark are you hoping to leave um, to cap off your senior season? Graduation cap off your senior season. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, hopefully just get an offer to go play somewhere, whether baseball or football, just something, opportunity just to go and prove myself. Absolutely. Absolutely. David. Yes, sir. As a father, what's it like to see your kids competing at a high level, man? Honestly, the greatest joy that I've ever had as a coach or a father is watching my two kids compete on a varsity football team or baseball team together. Mm. Um, Josiah was a four-star, or I mean a four-year varsity football and baseball player. Elijah will be a four-year varsity player, and he'll only be a three-year varsity baseball player only because of COVID. But to watch them both shine at that level and both be, you know, Elijah gets letters every day from baseball coaches going to junior camps or wanting to sign up and do the recruit letters and stuff like that. The same way with Josiah, I couldn't keep up with all the recruit letters and stuff that he was getting. So for me, it's proud. It's a proud moment, you know, because it feels like I did my job as a dad, teach him the right way. 
I don't have to do anything for them. They communicate with college coaches. They do everything on their own. In the classroom, Josiah graduated with a 3.8 GPA. Elijah currently has a 4.2 GPA. Mm. So, you know, Good I, shit, dude. I, I'm mm. blessed, you know, that these guys do what they have to do in the classroom. They do what they have to do as a citizen, and they do what they have to do on the football and baseball fields. You know, I, I couldn't be more proud, and it just excites me to see Josiah doing what he's doing at the college level. And, you know, I don't even know who he is half the time. I see his social media page blowing up with all his friends <laughs> and partying and living the life, joining a fraternity. Good and you. then, you know, watching the experience and being able to watch Elijah shine on the football field and being selected to go to this Tiki Bowl and then also making this RBI team. And, you know, as a junior this past year, he was killing it on the diamond in the baseball field. So, I mean, baseball diamond excuse me i used to love seeing your the things you'd share about him dude it was cool seeing you know he had a great pitching outing and he shared stats from his from his game dude i mean it's dope because you know i, I root for elijah I, you know i know i wasn't i wasn't coaching ball this past season but if you, these kids you know obviously they've, they've made an impact in my life to a point where i root for them too man like i see them and, and you see any of the kids we coach and it's just like yo what's what have you been up to and he used to see me when we're, we're training for shot putting discus and he'd say what's up and yeah. wouldn't be a hater thank Thankfully, you know, I appreciate that because, you know, there's some kids with salty when we left and, you know, we, I got to, thankfully I got to talk to a lot of them and kind of like, you know, put some of that shit aside, but Elijah was never salty. He might've, he might've clowned a little bit, you know, cause that's what he does. The man, the man of many words, Elijah. You know, he's, he's real quiet until it's time to throw shots, and then it's like he then throws daggers. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> is is the house divided on on Elijah's future? As far as if he gets multiple offers from both sports, where is anybody leaning baseball? Is Josiah over there saying no, play football? Like. Is the house divided really or just supporting whatever? We're just supporting and, you know, praying to God that he gets some offers and that he gets to go extend his career and, and, you know, be an athlete in college and and live out his dreams and just focus in the classroom. You know, that's that's really all we wish for. I mean, any money, college money is good money, right? Well, the great thing is, did you say he has a 4.2? Yeah, like he's opened he's opened the door up to many opportunities versus limiting himself, and that's one thing I know we used to have this every year when we'd have like the the parent athlete athletic meeting. You know, it's like you yeah. show them the statistics of if you're a 2.0 student, yeah. 3.0 student, 4.0 student, and like how how many schools, you know, aren't available to you. You know, the lower your GPA is, so to have a 4.2, you've done everything in the classroom to kind of give yourself the opportunity for luck to happen, right? You've done every, you're doing everything on the field in terms of your hard work and just putting yourself in in a position to take advantage of opportunities. And you know, I think that's the biggest thing, right? People always talk about being lucky or lucking out, and it's really there's no such thing as luck, man. It's just that hard work preparing you for when the opportunity comes. Facts, absolutely. Hey, man, you know it, it. It's been. A, a blessing to have all you guys on here but before we get on to the the mail bay question you know i just want to personally you know thank you all for for being a part of my life as a coach you know it's been a it's been a blessing to you know coach the both of you guys and been a blessing brother to share the sideline with you um you know i've learned so much from from all of our relationships right whether it's you and i talking football talking music talking life um and then it's you know learning as a coach on how to handle the total 
polar opposites in who you are as, <laughs> as brothers, right? Like one guy who, you know, is Don't set up. Is, yeah, he's, he's all over the place. You know, he's full of it. And, and, and he, again, he's going to bitch you out if you pull him off. And then the other guy who's just quiet, you know, humble and, and, and really is going to do whatever you, you say and not really give you too much about it, but secretly be pissed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so like, all you guys, man, it's truly been an honor to be a part of your guys' life and your guys' family, you know what I mean? So thank you for that, and, and I wish nothing but the best for all of you going forward. And I'll piggyback on what Dom said, and it's something that we talked about last week with Frank, um, missing the missing the love on the sideline, missing for the camaraderie sure. at practice where we're just, you know, we see Dom, we start roasting Dom, then we start roasting <laughs> Dave, then you start roasting me, and then just, you know, um, having you – uh, a few times when I was going through my situation with my divorce and, you know, being able just to talk to you and you, you like, you know, you gave me some really good advice and you were, you were a great shoulder for me. And, you know, same thing with Dom and Frank, they were there. You guys are always been good to, you know, we're, we're fathers and we're men and it's always good to have strong, strong men in our lives to be able to kind of, Hey dude, I'm going through this shit. What do you think? And because sure. we've all been through some sort of, you know, trials and tribulation as men and as fathers. So it's a blessing to have you guys, man, you guys, get brought, you know, used to bring energy to me all the time on the, on the sidelines. Sometimes I don't know if you guys know this, but as a coach, sometimes you just don't have it. Sometimes it's just like kind of gas. It's been a long day at work and you know, you get there and you're just like, how we're going to get through this day. And then, you know, you get someone like Josiah coming in, cracking, talking jokes or Elijah, Elijah be, be hitting them. You know, he, he, he hit you. He'll hit you where it hurts too. And you're just like, damn dude, what did I do to deserve that? Right. But, um, having kids like them to be able to kind of lift your spirits and get you going on the day is a true blessing, man. So I, I second Dom, man, love, nothing but love to the Romeros. Now I will say this too, you know, the feelings mutual, um, you know, going back to Frank Dardano, him getting Hannah to hire me, as a features coach that first year and then you know hannah offering me to to be a jv coach with you guys that first year was some of my funnest times and, and moments you know and i look back at the little league years and i loved it the kids got me through so much with my divorce and and everything that i was going through and the energy that you spoke of you know i sometimes i wondered how i was going to get through the day or get through the week and how i was going to be able to do this or that so those kids got me through it when I got to the high school level and I was already through it and, you know, healed from it and I was able to have conversations with you, Al, and, you know, basically walk you through a bunch of the things that I did or give some advice, you know, and it really did a lot for me emotionally to to show that, you know, you're going to make it okay too. Yeah. And, you know, and the, the friendship that I have with you two, the friendship that I have even with Hannah at this moment or with Q or, you know, the coaching staff that we had, you know, it, it's going to go forever. I appreciate yeah. all you guys. We had some great moments, some good things we won't talk about with the, mm. with the coaching retreats. And <laughs> yeah. that, you know, but <laughs> those are some good moments, you know. And, and for me, it's great because I've always been a Northside kid. Yeah. Even I didn't, didn't go to North. I didn't go to North because yeah. I went to George for the computer magnet program. But – and this dude doesn't use computers or magnets these days, bro. That's not true. I, I use a computer every day. And he has tons of magnets and on his fridge. I have a I've lot seen of magnets from all the places I traveled. Yeah. <laughs> or all my beer bottle openers. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, you know, like the kids were asking me on my way here, what if they ask you, what was your greatest moment as a coach? And oh, they must have been reading the rundown. Hell yeah, yeah good were, shit, y'all. And, and beyond, you know, watching. So I got three moments. One, watching both my kids be able to play and compete at the varsity level at the same time. 
being on the field at the same time. That's one. Yeah. Two, watching kids that I coached in Little League compete at the next level and now competing to get scholarships to play college football or baseball, whatever that may be, is the second. And the third thing was beating the shit out of GW 52 to 0, <laughs> my alma mater. Yes. That, that year we stomped a, a fucking foot in the GW Patriots. That, that felt great. That was, that was a fun, fun game. I remember yeah. that game, dude. And, and, you know, respect to Peanut and the Swift brothers over at G-Dub because yeah. they've turned that program around. I mean, they competed for a state championship last year almost. You know, they had a great run. And I don't think I don't think North's beat them since. No. Nah, we've gotten our <laughs> ass kicked. We've gotten our ass kicked ever since. They had a big yeah. chip on their shoulder about that one. For sure, for but, sure. you know, respect what they're doing over there. Shout out Coach Feinsilver for still doing what he's doing over there with – with the wrestling and stuff, so you know I can't I can't talk too much stuff about G Dub because that's still my heart. But yeah, for sure, that was one of my greatest moments because I know when I went to George North, they ain't never gotten close to beating us. Nah, yeah. nah, we got some stories, but we won't go go into it too much. <laughs> um, but being that you transitioned for for a so nicely, they call that a segue. I, I know it's Killed almost it. like it beautiful, he was made right? for this. Right? Yeah, going to have to get Coach on the podcast talking hip hop. Um, anyhow, you know, write that down. Um, We'll, we'll pass that on to Josiah and Elijah now, and then Dom, I'll ask you, and, and you can ask me, whatever. But what is your greatest memory as an athlete, Elijah, so far? And I know you're a young athlete, but what's something that stands out to you that you'll always remember? Any sport. Uh, probably last year going to Cali for baseball is just probably like my first time just going out and not being with my family and all that, just going and competing with people I don't know that – I literally knew one person out there, and I just went out and played and just showed what I got. Were you nervous? A little bit, yeah. But I think once after like that first like little nervousness got out, then I was good. Okay, Josiah. Uh, for me, I have a couple, but like I think like my two small ones, I would say is like the West hit and the <laughs> Honey Cut hit. But I would say like my biggest one would be getting that like paper to officially sign to Culver mm-hmm. I think it was just like a big thing for me because it was like a lot of people said I wouldn't be able to do it. it's like look at me now like I'm doing oh, it oh yeah yeah you, you did anytime someone tells you you can't do something and then you make it official it's definitely one of those it's almost it's almost natural to want to be like ah I did it you know but you know that's that's got to be an amazing feeling bro. yeah so. that's for sure Don uh actually Greatest so moment as a coach. my greatest memory as a coach, honestly, probably has to go back two of them, and they're both going to be youth memories. Um, one winning my first spring championship with my nephews Jeremiah and Frankie. Um, that team, bro, was special. We played a great team in the Arvada All Stars, and we were just a better team. Um, that was probably one of the most coolest moments because from that moment on, we we kind of were like, you know, we're gonna make sure that we ride this thing out together regardless of whether we're on the same sideline or not we're always going to support each other we're always going to be there and we're going to make sure that we all succeed in this sport um so that was one of the first ones and then actually that same team but my nephews happened to not be on it because they joined coach over in, in Wheat Ridge um but we went to the national championship in Vegas and won the national championship and we took a bunch of inner city kids you know and and a lot of them probably 
only time they've ever been to Vegas. Maybe they've never been back since then. Yeah. But we have the memory of going out there and saying that we come back with that big ass trophy. So that was pretty cool as a coach. Athlete. I remember ninety nine, I think, I played with Maurice Greer. Damn you old slash. <laughs> um, we were playing for the Powhawks and my coach in practice was like, oh, Gary, we're gonna do this trick play, kind of like our Christmas, right, where the guard comes around, pulls the ball from underneath the center, and runs. And I was gone, bro. I was like, yeah, lineman getting his glory, about to score. And my boy Slash came up and laid wood on me, dog. <laughs> Everybody was like, damn, that was a hit. It didn't hurt at all, but I felt him lift me off my feet and put me on my ass, bro. And and just that that memory of almost scoring and then getting caught short by a dude who had his stint in the NFL, I was like, I'll fuck with that. So. <laughs> I feel that. I feel that. Um, I think mine are just, uh, it's like a handful of, not necessarily memories, but just experiences in that um, when a kid, come, you know, kid comes up and tells you like, hey, coach, I appreciate everything you've done. For sure. And I, I appreciate, you know, you stick, you, you doing this for me and you doing that for me or you having this impact on me. And, you know, you don't expect it. You're not, that's not, we don't do it for the kudos. You know, at least I don't mm-hmm. think nobody at this table does it for the kudos. They do it because, selfishly, I do it because I love the way it makes me feel. Like, I love helping young people. But, mm-hmm. you know, I don't do it for the kudos and to, to have a kid tell you, like, hey, coach, you know, you're like, you've been like a father figure to me over the years. And I really appreciate everything you've done. Like, it's hard not to feel that 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 choke you know that that feeling like oh damn like you brought it like that so that those those are what stick with me the most man and and will always um will always 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 stick with me and um my my greatest memory as an athlete um I don't know. I wasn't an athlete. No, um, we, uh, no. Nah, it, it was it, always big as fuck. <laughs> We're the most athletic it, on the field. It, it's not. It's like not that. like a great memory, but it's a funny story. Um, we were we were practicing to play uh, Thompson Valley, and we had to go up there to play them in Thompson Valley. It's our senior year, and uh, we were having a shitty shitty practice. And uh, coach got in the locker room, started ripping us. Um, at one point, called me a big fat slug. And I heard big fat slut, and so we're next. Fast forward to the game, and you know how shitty practices always translate to to the game, and you end up having shitty games. Yeah. And we're having a shitty game against Thompson Valley, and we're right there, still in the game. We're just playing like crap, and we're in the locker room, and coaches ripping us again. Like, what are you guys doing? And Albert, why aren't you performing to your best of your ability? Cause I'm a big fat slut. (laughs) We all started cracking up, and then it, it was pointed out to me that he didn't call me a big fat slut he called me a big fat slug so um just you know it was it was an embarrassing moment for me but <laughs> it, it's funny and you ask frank about that one and he'll he'll start up he'll start cracking up laughing because it's just uh it, we were getting ripped and then we all started laughing so it was, it was a good light-hearted moment and we end up coming back in that game we didn't we didn't finish the comeback all the way but we made it respectable and and showed who we were in that game so that's what's up speaking of respectable and showing who they are, we have to do some shout-outs. Yes, sir. We want to give a shout-out to Icon Sales and Boxing, Anytime Flood Restoration, the Play Harder Podcast, Rebel Promotions, Black Sevens, Janice's Catering, Lash All Beauty, and first and foremost, dnasportsdenver.com. Make sure you go to dnasportsdenver.com right now, book you a session, get you some merch, check out a podcast, like, comment, subscribe on our YouTube channel, and check out all social media platforms. Yo, shout out to the Romeros. 
for you guys coming out here doing this with us. It's been a long time coming, been waiting for it. Before we get out of here, is there anybody you want to give a shout out to? We'll start with David and move over to uh I just want to give a shout out to to everybody in the world, all the coaches that give back to the community and coach for the love of the game and coach for the love of the kids. You know, there's so much perspective that's put out there now with parents and people that think that because they go to the best schools or they go to the best club teams that their kids are going to have the best opportunities to do this or do that. I'm a firm believer and I live through testimony that it doesn't matter what school your kids go to, whether that be a DPS school, a predominantly Mexican school, a small school, that if your kids put in the hard work and they do what they need to do in the classroom and they do what they need to do on the field, that they can get scholarships. Because I know when I coached Little League, I lost a bunch of my players to Pomona's, the Lakewoods, the Green, uh, what was it? Green, Green Mountains. Mountains. Yeah. Yeah. And out of all of them kids that I coach, not one of those kids are playing college football right now, college baseball, college anything. And here I sit with my son who went to North where everybody told me not to send him because it's a shitty school, shitty neighborhood. It's a DPS school. And he's living his dream. Amen. Mm. Elijah, any shout outs? Just all my coaches I ever had, just they all taught different things, just made me a better player, better son, better just human. Nice. Josiah? Uh, I would say everyone who I had my back over the years and everyone who supported me because there was a lot of haters, but there was also a lot of supporters who got me through everything. That's right. And a shout out to y'all for listening, man. Once again, we love doing this. Appreciate you guys for hopping on. Appreciate you for having us and I want to thank you guys, too, for coaching my kids and, and being that village that raised them, you know, because I couldn't do it all myself. And without the help of you guys, who knows where we'd be. But here we are. So we appreciate you and we love you guys as family. And thank you for having us. That's it. Dom, as usual, man, mad love, brother. Mad love. And on that note, we're out. Peace.